This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. Let's start right in with our first guest, Richard Wong. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, how's it going, guys? It's going very well. Thanks for asking, Richard. Now, let me ask this, Richard, because you gave us, uh, Barbara was pointing this out nicely, three kind of critical points for success in terms of the influencer side. Uh, can you talk a little bit about when you when you are uh, advising brands, what are the sort of two or three critical key points that you point out to those guys and girls on the marketing side in terms of how they should be uh, approaching this particular uh, methodology for growing their businesses? Absolutely. So I think one of the first things to notice that I think a lot of people commonly make a mistake is just uh, choosing the influencers based on their follower count. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody has 100,000 followers... And this is um, what America's point was. ...doesn't doesn't mean that this is that they're the right type of fit. It's You should look beyond just their follower count. You should be looking at their engagement. So are they getting a really good engagement rate? Um, are they just having a really large following with a, not a great engaged user base? Well, I'd rather, as a marketer, much rather work with somebody who has a lower, uh, lower follower count but a much higher engagement rate because they're getting more engagement. Their, their content is resonating with their audiences. And that's a, going to be a really great way to really think about how you find people. And your platform this, can oh. help them make those decisions, right? Absolutely. Mindy from New York, do you have a question for Richard? Yes. Uh, hi. I'm listening to the show, and, you know, I have um, a, a 20-year-old and a 19-year-old, and they're always on Instagram, and they're trying to school me in the ways of, you know, how to interact more. And my question is this, and I'm just getting home now, and I'm going to be in traffic for two hours. How do you find the time, and how much time do I need to devote to actually having, like, a, an account or, you know, making this something worthwhile? Yeah. Um, I think it really depends on what type of content you're creating. Um, if you want to dedicate some time and this is something that you want to do sporadically, um, dedicate as much time as you can to it. Um, I know a lot of people who may be doing, say, home renovations and home decor. Well, they don't have time to be continuing to just be on Instagram all day because they're out busy doing renovations. Mm-hmm. But what they'll do is they'll do once a day mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, and they'll say, hey, I'm going live, or hey, I'm going to be active and I'm going to be around here. Uh, that's when you do your posts. That's when you do your content comments. Um, even a lot of YouTubers, um, to be able to edit videos is such a long time. Mm-hmm. And so some of them will only post weekly. Um, so I think it's about how much you want to dedicate. And I think if you find a niche that you really love and you want to share, um, it'll come naturally and you'll just learn how to make time for it. Thank you, Mindy, for that call. Now, just to switch gears a little bit, um, you there, Facebook has been launching new tools. And I, I think they're starting out on Facebook and they may go over to Instagram, which Facebook also owns. Can you tell us a little bit about what all what Facebook is doing? Yeah, so Facebook just launched a new a new uh feature, call it, um, and called the Brand Collaborations Manager. And so what this is going to be doing is um, this is going to be helping a lot of creators make money um, and how to monetize their, their audience. Uh, if you think about YouTube, YouTube's monetized a lot of theirs through a lot of the advertising that they end up seeing. Well, Facebook doesn't really work that way, and as well as Instagram. And so what they've been able to do is help a lot of the marketers find and discover influencers to reach out to and be able to, to figure out. So that's a new feature that they've launched. So a lot of different marketers will be able to use that particular type of feature uh, once it gets rolled out to the masses, uh, which I still think is TBD for everybody to mm-hmm. really adopt this. Mm-hmm. But 
this is a new feature that people will be able to discover and find influencers and be able to reach out to them and figure out what type of influencers have audiences. But one thing to really note is that that's only one the first step of the entire influencer marketing equation. You still have to work together. You still have to figure out what the right type of creative campaign is going to be. You still have to measure the campaigns afterwards. And so it's a first great step into the direction of making influencer marketing a truly mainstream part of our marketing mix. And they also introduced a creator app or something like that. Is that new too? Yeah. So, so the creator app is a, another feature that allows a lot of the creators to be able to manage a lot of the content, manage their different properties and their accounts, uh, help them you know, separate their personal account from their creator account. Mm. Um, the whole world, if you're a creator, a lot of these creators have their following on there, but they also have their friends that they want to just mm. you know, share things that are just between friends itself. And so a lot of these creator apps um, are helping to enable those creators to make even more great content. Wow. That sounds pretty interesting, all this kind of stuff. And so it's clearly, um, I, I would imagine if we asked you how marketing is changing, you would say this influencer, creator, social media, what do you think? What part of a brand's marketing budget should be dedicated to this kind of activity? Yeah, so I always use the rule of uh, 70-20-10. Uh, and this is a rule that was ingrained with me. Um, I call it to my classically trained marketing side, where 10% of your budget is completely just like random. I want to test this and I want to experiment it. 20% things that are tested and true, but still on the newer edge of something that you haven't really done before. And 70% is that mix of like tried, tested, and true. There's case studies, there's Nielsen reports, there's IFSA studies, there's all these different mm. research groups on this. Um, I'm, we're starting to see a huge shift of the marketing budget accessing that 20% of their overall budget into that 70%. And I think it will range and depend on the target audiences, how you want to bring the campaigns to life. Uh, but we're seeing this really become a mainstream part of people's budgets, um, whether it's the 30% or 40%, even 50% of their budgets. You've even seen some of the newer age, I'd call it, uh, brands like the... Uh, the Daniel Wellingtons, um, they launched a complete brand off of the backs of Instagram influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've invested 100% of their budgets inside of that. Wow. Let me ask you this, Richard. So this is kind of the, the other side of Barbara's question. What's the – is there a point where this just stops working? So I would imagine that, you know, when influencers were first coming on the scene, very powerful and so on. But at some point – one would imagine just like anything in a product life cycle, you know, you start getting, you know, there's a hundred million people that are doing topic X, you know, and part of what might be important if you're an influencer is if you're, you're going to do the food blog, you got to know if somebody's doing something similar that's, you know, already out there and has tons of following uh, followers and is already established. So is there a point at which this kind of becomes just saturated or maybe a counter trend kind of happens in sort of uh, in response to this like where where does this go what, what is the future of this look like or d- does it stop being so you know so effective what what happens or or is it like influencer can you know continues to be strong but different ways that it is implemented starts happening in terms of the innovation what's going to happen in the future here yeah so i think this is more of an element um not that it's a fad but more of it's growing up and so 
I think, in the similar ways to how we look at online advertising. If you guys, for those listeners who remember the 90s, those pop-up online pop-up ads, and everyone said, oh, my God, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it garbage, I hate this type of stuff. You know, who would advertise online? Um, well, guess what? Now, today, there's a lot of people who advertise online. Um, I think it's more maturity. It's mm. about really, there's, there's regulators. Um, the FTC's come up with some fantastic uh, rules and guidelines right. to move this industry forward. Uh, just be honest and transparent with the consumers. And I think that's the last fact you're seeing is um, people who are only in it as creators to get the money. Whereas I think the marketers have to be smart about mm. who do they partner up with? Mm-hmm. Where do they find this out? Let's add some some art to let's add some science to the to the art of influencer marketing uh, by using some data. And so I think this going to be more of an element where we want to find the influencers who truly believe in the brands that we end up promoting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if you're promoting Ford, well, does that influencer actually drive a Ford? If they're a Honda family, then they really yeah. should be driving a Ford. <laughs> their audience knows that. And right. so these are the elements that I think we, all of us as an industry just have to get smarter about mm-hmm. and really learn how to cut through, uh, call it the proverbial, uh, the, the images or the, or the BS out there. Richard Wong, thank you so much for coming on our show tonight. It's been a real pleasure to have you, and I really hope that you come back because we have tons more questions to ask you. This is a very important area. Always happy to join. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. Sure. And if you want to learn more about Richard and hashtag paid, you can go to hashtag paid. Dot com or follow them on Twitter at hashtag paid. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.